This should be played at high volume. Welcome to Out of Pocket. Here's your host, Michael Davis. Welcome to Out Pocket with Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, and WWBG 1470 AM as part of your TGI Friday lineup. Today, joining me, we got the Out Pocket regulars. We got John Cox. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Boomer. Doing well. And we got Jackson Cordray. Jackson, how are you doing? I'm good, Michael. Man, I'm ready to talk some football today, man. Always ready to talk some football. And I'm glad you said that because for the first time ever in Out Pocket with Michael Davis history, we have an all-NFL show for you. This this is perhaps the best time to be a football fan. you got December coming around. This is playoff time. This is where you learn who's good, who's bad, and you really know who teams are at this point. And, Jackson, I wanted to mention our top quarter Tuesday rankings where we rank the first – eight teams in the NFL, and for the first time, we had both same teams for back-to-back weeks. Now, where I've caught in grief was having the San Francisco 49ers at number one. You have the Philadelphia Eagles at one, so that's why I'm probably not going to ask John's opinion on my rankings because he'll probably go de facto Jackson because he had the Eagles one easy way out there. But I have to defend San Francisco for a second because they did beat Miami Dolphins, who were top three, four team in the NFL. And after Jimmy Garoppolo went down, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, rookie quarterback, just stepped in and helped the 49ers to a double-digit win over a really good Miami Dolphins team. So I feel like if Jimmy Garoppolo had not played you know, all but like a couple drives, I don't know if I put San Francisco number one. But with Brock Purdy taking most of the stat, snaps in that Dolphins win, I feel like they're worthy of the number one spot. John, I don't think you agree with me by chance. Is that your Eagles homer coming in? No, uh, I would actually argue that you probably have some 49ers PTSD from last year's playoffs uh, coming into play a little bit. Um, the 49ers are not the number one team in the NFL. Um, they're great, and I will always respect uh, Shanahan. Uh, I think he is probably one of the smartest football coaches in the NFL. Um, but I think the Eagles are clearly better than them. Um, I think you could make an, an argument for a couple other teams just with the high-end talent, like the Chiefs having Mahomes. Um, or the Bills with Josh Allen as well. Not even putting my Cowboys in there. Jackson, I need you to defend this Philadelphia Eagles team because they did they did have a really good game against the Titans, which is why I still have them number three on my rankings. But why do you have them number one? I think they're overall just a better team, right? Uh, number one, I think Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo or Brock Purdy. Um, I find it fascinating that you had the Cowboys at number two over the Eagles, Michael. Uh, I'm a Dak Prescott guy, but that is mind-blowing to me. Uh, The Niners number one, that is, for lack of a better word, stunning. Absolutely stunning and maybe the most out-of-pocket thing ever to be said in the history of mankind. I mean, that is outrageous, Michael. They're they're good. They're built well. They're built well. But you have the last pick in the draft – who's a rookie starting your, like, that's, no, what? What are we talking Jack- about? Okay, what Jackson. Are about? They're your number one? <laughs> wow. Okay. You got teams for- like Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. You got teams like the Eagles that are built Who from lost, top to by bottom the way, with A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown going off for a 1,000 touchdowns last week against the Titans, getting the GM fired. I mean, we're talking about teams that are built with a quarterback at hell. And we're talking about Brock Purdy? Did it matter this past weekend when they beat the Miami Dolphins? I think a lot of that was on Mike McDaniels, man. I I think a lot of that loss was because of him. And I think Tua, talk about, I think that's a lot of their issue, a lot of Tua's and and Mike's issue. But man, I don't, I don't find, I don't find that to justify putting them number one still. You know, you have no tape on Brock, you have no tape on the guy. 
So I find it hard to, as you prepare the entire week for Garoppolo and his tendencies to bring in the backup quarterback and, and everything changes. Reads are different. He's not hitting the middle of the field like Garoppolo would. His release is different. Timing's all off, right? That's why you see quarterbacks in college football come into the game and everything's thrown off. They start playing well, but then the next week they come back down to, to life because they finally got tape on them. So I expect Brock to come back down to earth. I expect him to be the last pick in the draft like we all saw him be this upcoming weekend. Okay. First of all, Mike McDaniel is a good coach, okay? And I give that 49ers win credit to D'Amico Ryans. That defensive coordinator is going to find a head coaching job. John, I believe we were talking earlier this week about D'Amico Ryans potentially grabbing a job from somebody. Like, this this is a team effort, right? I didn't rank the top quarterbacks in the NFL. I ranked – the top teams in the NFL and overall team can minimize the deficiency you have at quarterback. Now that Jimmy Garoppolo is out now also with my Cowboys, you know, have who has the highest point differential in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys. Do you know who has the best strength of victory in the NFL? The Dallas Cowboys. If San Francisco wasn't playing if you're watching on YouTube, you see the atrocity that John Cox is wearing right now. But if you if you just think about the 49ers and that defense and the weapons they have around whoever is at quarterback with Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, who's getting a rhythm with this offense now, it's scary. Like San Francisco is scary, just like Cincinnati is creeping up in the rankings now. Cincinnati was nowhere to be found two months ago, and now they're getting hot. 49ers are hot. It's it's a rough time. I'm afraid of both of those teams. Um, but wanted to mention the Bengals real quick because they did beat the Chiefs, which is why the Chiefs are no longer number one on either of our rankings. And they did it without Joe Mixon, which – it's pretty impressive if you're doing it with your backup running back. John, is Cincinnati a dangerous team to be playing this time of year? Yes, of course. Uh, look at that offense. Of course it's dangerous. Um, you know, we were kind of talking before the call about, you know, Jamar Chase and how dangerous he is. Uh, once he gets back to full strength, you know, this team only got better from last year. Um, I would argue I don't really see where they where they got worse and they found their way into the Super Bowl last year and it's definitely a team I wouldn't want to play if I was in the playoffs. And I believe they've beaten Kansas City what five, six, seven times in a row. We're starting to think about LeBron and this is not not five, not six, not seven, but this is an all NFL show. We're not going to mention LeBron Jackson, Cincinnati. Did they prove that they're better than the Kansas City Chiefs? I don't think they proved they're better than the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they proved that they can win a game against the Kansas City Chiefs, like they won last year and you know in the regular season before. Um, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are loaded. I mean, they have talents. You give me a team with Pat. I mean, with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey alone, just those two players alone, without an offensive line, without skill positions, the skill positions outside of that. I'm taking that team over almost anybody. You're taking the number one tight end in the in maybe in history, receiving tight end, and the most talented quarterback we've maybe ever seen on the face of the planet play. I'm going to take those guys any day of the week. I'd love to see them in the AFC Championship game later on down the season. Right now, I don't think this Bengals team is still better than the Chiefs. I just think they have their number right now. And I can't wait to see Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid build up a strategy to beat this team later on. Well, just look at that game this past Sunday. The Bengals pretty much made Travis Kelsey the best tie in the league. And you could argue, I know we were talking about wide receivers before we went on air. You could make an argument that Travis Kelsey, if he played the position wide receiver, is one of the top 10 wide receivers in the NFL. Like, you could make that argument. 
That's why they're so okay with letting Tyreek Hill go to Miami. But I feel like, especially with what we saw out of Cincinnati, and I love Kansas City. I, I feel like they are a dangerous team. But if they have Kelsey's number and can shut him down, I don't know if I'm putting Kansas City above Cincinnati right now. John, would you agree? Um, I If I had to like pick who wins that game, I think I would just pick whoever's got the home field advantage. Arrowhead is, is such an advantage. Cincinnati is, at least you don't have to play an Arrowhead. Um, Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes are just completely different animals. Um, that might be the best duo in the NFL. Um, Pat Mahomes, probably the best quarterback in the NFL. So it's always dangerous playing either one of those teams. Uh, but yeah, like we said, you know, Pat Mahomes is 0-3 against the Bengals. That's got to that's gotta mean something when you're trying to figure out who's going to win a game like that. Um, with that being said, I'm I'm taking whoever's whoever's home, and I'm I'm just watching a good game. That's that's fair. It's absolutely I mean, fair. I mean, we I think we can all agree with John here. I think everybody in the audience can agree. I think everybody on YouTube can agree with John. You take whatever team has home field advantage that game, because if they're in Arrowhead, that's just not fair. Arrowhead is a tough place to play, but I feel like if there's any team who could do it. I wouldn't say this about the Bengals two years ago, but with them having experience getting to the Super Bowl last year and almost beating the Rams, they were the Cinderella Bengals. And then after last week, the way they shut down Travis Kelsey, I mean, I'm, st- I'm, mm, I might take the Chiefs, might take the Chiefs in the playoffs, but it's going to be a really close game because until you can prove to me. That Kansas City's not your kryptonite. I mean, they kind of are, right? Yeah, they're just one of those teams. Like I said a second ago, like we've seen in 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 the world, right? We we recently saw Israel Adesanya, not to bring up UFC, but Israel Adesanya fight the guy that beat him two straight times in kickboxing, and then came all the way to the UFC and beat him. Then, like you, some people just have your number, and the Bengals have Kansas City's number. They just have their number. They're the guy that you you think about. You know, you're you're playing basketball at, at the YMCA, your local gym nearby, and you're like, oh, that guy just came into the room. Now I know I'm getting torched up. That's just Kansas City. They they struggle against the Bengals because that's their villain. That's their that's their enemy. That's their that's the person they've got to fight each and every time they walk in the room. And I'm not sure if Kansas City can get by that, but I think in the playoffs when they meet again, because they will meet again. Um, that's when Kansas City can show who show them r- their real selves, show that they are the team that everybody needs to be scared of for the rest of Patrick Mahomes' tenure there. That's what that team can be, and the Bengals are just there. It's they just they've got their number, and there's no way around it. They've just got their number. Now, funny you mentioned that basketball scenario because whenever I I played pickup basketball with both of you and. I've always felt that I've had your number, but that is, <laughs> yeah. Maybe John's, maybe John's, Michael, but I, I don't think you've had my number. Jackson, you may be what six three, six four, six five. You, you exaggerate your height depending on the day and who you're talking to. But I mean, I, I, I was this more of my dating about... profile, Michael. I'm, I'm six three, man. I'm six three. So. <laughs> Hey, I, I was I was like, more afraid of your dad playing basketball against you. Gotta him. let him know about me, Mike. You gotta let him know about me. Oh, oh, let him know about you, dude. You were, yeah, you were terrible, man. I I was like, yep, I want John, you know, because you know it, it was pretty easy. That's valid. That's it was valid. A, it was an easy matchup. I'm not. I don't think I'm Michael not, ever goes. I want Jackson. I don't think that's ever happened in the history of the that world. has. I, I've avoided your dad. Yeah, my dad will beat you up. My dad will beat you up. But I think if, hey, I want Jackson, I want I want either of the Cordrays, that doesn't happen. That's never been said in the history of ever. I would guys. I would defend you over your dad any day. Your yeah, dad just psychotic. had that's crazy. That's the your most dad just thing. backs me down to where I can't do anything. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I think every dad, you know, every every 45 year old dad that's played basketball in a day, I think they all have they all have that uh that Michael Jordan 1998, you know back down half spin fade i think they all have that move in the bag so uh that's uh that's my dad's go-to uh for all the fans out there so uh, you know 
everything that two dribble shimmy and then fade you know everybody's got that now everybody's got that now so i don't think michael wants any part of that to be honest i don't think anybody wants any part of that okay well next next time i see you both in person i got game and i got dub easy 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 money right easy money well what is it easy money is the Tennessee Titans fired their general manager probably because of what A.J. Brown did this past weekend against this former team, the Titans. We're going to get into that after the break, and as well as there may be an MVP candidate that we did not foresee before the season started next on Out of Pocket on Tobacco Road Sports Radio and WWBG 1470 AM. With Michael Davis on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, and WWBG 1470 AM. You can also catch all of our content on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel. We're starting to upload these videos on YouTube, and we're going to take over the YouTube community because Tobacco Road Sports Radio is going above the charts right now. And somebody who pretty much performed above the charts this past weekend was A.J. Brown for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I'll be the first to admit, I did not foresee this coming. I When the Eagles trade for A.J. Brown, I don't know if I realized just how good A.J. Brown was, particularly his hands and the way he just doesn't drop balls. There's one play that comes to the mind when A.J. Brown caught that touchdown pass and the defender gave him absolutely no space and Brown came up with it. And... He made a difference. He had that. He may have said, this is just some other game, but it wasn't. It was against your former team, the team that just traded you away. And A.J. Brown was going to show out because his team's doing well right now. According to Jackson, number one team in the league, I don't think so. But not, not shortly after, the Titans fired their general manager, John Robinson, this week. And... John, I have to ask you, because I know you watch the game. I know you follow the Eagles and A.J. Brown very closely. Did that trade impact the decision to cut ties with your general manager? I don't think it was a coincidence that it happened the week that A.J. Brown has two touchdowns and 116 yards and was a difference maker against the Tennessee Titans. That being said, I don't think it was one decision. I think it might have been an instance where the GM and the coach don't have similar visions, um, you know, happens all the time in any profession. Um, one guy thinks you should steer the ship one way. The other thinks you should steer another. Um, you know, if you look at the AJ Brown thing and you want to spin it, the general manager turned a second round pick into a first round pick and a higher pick. You know what I mean? Uh, we traded our first round pick for him this year you could spin it that way. The Titans, they're not really – I think we all knew they weren't going to contend this year. I don't think A.J. Brown is a piece that's going to turn them into contenders. Um, but I just think it's kind of a, a philosophical difference that Vrabel and ownership couldn't get past, um, especially with Vrabel being you know, just like the complete alpha football player that you want as a coach. Um, you know, He probably thinks it's unacceptable to punt on any year where – you could possibly win a Super Bowl, but I think the GM probably just had a little bit more realistic expectations, and so he was okay with moving AJ. And kind of just those those philosophical differences, I think, are what are what led to this being him being released. I feel with the Titans, you know, they're not the team that you're scared of. They're not the Chiefs. They're not the Bills. They're not the Bengals in the AFC. But you're in a really weak division, and I've always said. Just get me in the playoffs and anything can happen. That's what we saw from the Bengals last year. I feel like Tennessee could have been that if they had kept our number one option like A.J. Brown. You already have Derrick Henry. I trust the game in Ryan Tannehill's hands. Not a lot of people agree with me on that, but he's not going to lose you games. And when when you go and trade your number one wide receiver to Philadelphia, 
it doesn't it doesn't pan out so well. Like we've talked on the show so many times, you need a number one receiver. And Jackson, the report is that Mike Vrabel wasn't consulted at all before John Robinson's firing. Is there a little trouble in paradise in Tennessee? I think potentially. I think this team is contending when they really shouldn't be contending. I think this team is is putting together wins when they really shouldn't be. Uh, like Mike, you said, like you know, you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. It's any given Sunday. That's the NFL. Any given Sunday, and this Titan team, this team isn't beating the Chiefs. This team isn't beating the Bengals. This team isn't really beating the Bills. Like I don't know how many teams this team beats if they're in any other division. You know, if you put them in in the AFC West, are they are they better than the Raiders? Like, I'm not I'm not sure. This team just really isn't all that. Um, Did I you say the Raiders? Yeah, I mean the Raiders. Yeah, I mean I'm taking Josh Jacobs over over Derrick Henry right now. And no, obviously you have a no, 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 no. I mean, no, look no, at the no, stats. No. He's second in the league in rushing yards. I mean, come on now, guys. I think. I think you look at a team that has Derek Carr's right up there with Ryan Tannehill. Devontae Adams is better than any receiver anybody on the Titans could have. And not only that, Josh Jacobs is playing better than Derek Henry is right now. So you're putting together a team that really shouldn't be seven and five, and they're seven and five. They need to lose some games if they want to be competitive years down the line. And that's just not how they are right now. So I'm not quite sure what the plan is for Tennessee, but they're in the mediocre area. They're in the area where you really don't, you can't get a quarterback high in the draft. You can't get a value player because you're at pick 21, right? You find so many teams in the NBA struggling with the same thing. You know, you get pick 14, you get pick 15, you're barely making the playoffs. And next thing you know, you're stuck in Charlotte land where, you know, you got LaMelo, but you can't get Victor Wembanyama. So you're stuck in this middle place where, you really have nowhere to go as a franchise, and that's never where you want to be. Okay. We we touched on it a little bit with draft selection last week. I feel like in the NBA, it matters a lot more where you pick rather than the NFL. Michael Parsons, perfect example for the Dallas Cowboys a couple years ago. But, by the way, that, that Raiders take out of pocket in every – shape and fashion. I'm taking the Titans over the Raiders. I thought the Titans were a top eight team a few weeks ago. They still might be a top 10, top 12 team in the NFL, but come on. The only reason that Josh Jacobs has more yards than Derrick Henry right now is because there's a threat on the outside Devontae Adams. Tennessee gave away that threat on the outside with A.J. Brown, and now teams are just stacking the box with the Titans and the Titans still have a winning record. Okay. John, back me up on this. Like, before we move on, that's got to be the worst out of pocket take Jackson's ever had on the show. Yeah. I mean, we're, if we're talking Titans versus Raiders, just straight up, I'm taking the Titans every single day of the week. Just if you go down the line, Vrabel against uh, Josh over there in Las Vegas, uh, I'm taking Vrabel. Um, all day, all day, all day. I'm taking Derrick Henry. I, Josh Jacobs has been playing well. He's been playing great. Still taking Derrick Henry over Josh Jacobs. Um, I think the Titans know how they win. I, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking the Titans over the Raiders, of course. Now, now, Jackson, I will say that one of your takes this year on the Rayo Show, I believe it was right before the first week of the. NFL season. I don't know if it was you wanted a hot take for social media. I don't know if you were just very optimistic about your own team, but you went on record and said Geno Smith was going to have a better year than Russell Wilson. And I don't know. I don't know, Jackson. This is starting to feel like a I don't want to be this overreacting guy, but starting to feel like, dude, I don't know if I can say it. Geno Smith. Say it, Michael. Say it. Ah, Geno Smith, MVP candidate. I mean. He's top five. Because he's pretty much top five or top ten in every category. He's sixth in passing yards. He's like 
first in completion percentage. He's completing like 72%. He's third all time. Third all time at 72.5%. Third all time. As of now. Okay. As of now. He's like top five in touchdowns. And with passer rating, he's second in the league, only behind Tua. I, okay, don't disrespect Tua like that. Our, our YouTube audience just saw what Jackson did. It was so crazy. I know, Jackson, you feel like Gino's an MVP candidate, but can you think of anyone else that could be in the run for the MVP this year? Uh, multiple guys. I don't think Gino wins it. Um, Jalen Hurts is an obvious choice. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. No, okay. Choice. okay. You, I, I well, don't think Jalen Hurts is better than Gino Smith, but I think Jalen Hurts has had all these players. He has way more talent around him, and that's helping him. Uh, I, mean, I was about to say, before we fair, went on air, before we went on air, you're like, I don't like Jalen Hurts. And I agree yeah, with Jalen Hurts is maybe a top 15 quarterback, but here's the thing. Um, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes as MVP every year for the next 10 years. That's just, it's the LeBron thing. You know, he's the best player in the league and he's going to be the best player in the league for the next 10 years. And there's nothing we can do about it, but we got to give it to some other guy, right? We all thought it was going to be Josh Allen, but Josh Allen's been having issues with his arm. Um, Is Gino going to creep in? Is Joe Burrow also creeping in? Joe Burrow's becoming, you know, he's getting hot. Uh, Plenty of other choices. Burrow hurts. Uh, Mahomes, all these guys have just better publicity than Geno Smith has. But we're looking at a guy that is, and Geno Smith, that is not only the comeback player of the year, but by far one of the better, one of the biggest misses in NFL history for a quarterback that is 32 years old and is performing at the rate that Geno's performing. You know, I went back, you know, this summer and watched, you know, a lot of his tape at West Jefferson and a lot of his tape during the, the New York days. And when he started for Eli Manning, when Eli Manning was benched, uh, I went back and watched that. And I saw these moments in Geno's game that were like, oh, this guy can play. This guy can carry on. He could do the same thing in Seattle, West, West Virginia. And, and we're looking at things such as this guy is him. This guy is one of the better quarterbacks in the league, without a doubt. I mean, I'll say this. Seattle, Pete Carroll, I don't know what happened, but has resurrected his career, at least to where they're competent. Like, there's only six quarterbacks in the NFL right now who have a passer rating above 100. Geno's one of them. Also, Jimmy Garoppolo is one of them, just so (laughs) everyone's aware. And, you know, one of the people who are not, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield released from the Panthers. Baker Mayfield is now picked up by the Rams off waivers. And John, I th- here, here's what I'm thinking is one, we've already covered on this show how Baker Mayfield was a bust in Carolina. Just didn't know they would release him before the end of the year. But for him to be picked up by the Rams is a head scratcher to me. And my theory is, they did it so the 49ers wouldn't pick up Baker Mayfield. Is that out of pocket? Yeah. Uh, if I'm the Rams, I'm letting the 49ers pick up Baker Mayfield <laughs> just off of the way he's been playing. Um, I I was never a Baker hater. Um, I thought he could play quarterback in the NFL. Um, he's had things set up for him. You know, he is a playoff quarterback. He's made it there. He's won a playoff game. Yada, yada, yada. You can kind of list off all this stuff. He's won wherever he's gone, all that nonsense. Um, I think this is this just says more about where the Rams are. Um, the Rams are in total desperation mode. Um, you know, this is a total fall from grace. Um, you know, uh, I think they have the longest losing streak of any team that won the Super Bowl the previous year now. Um, they're bad. Their first round picks go into the Lions. The Lions are going to have like two top eight picks. Um, it looks pretty bleak there, and I think this is kind of just like a throw throw something at the wall and see what sticks move. I, I don't think this actually does anything for them, um, grabbing a guy like Baker Mayfield. This fall from grace, I'm glad you use the, those words because that's the only way you can describe this right now. The Rams, nobody saw this coming. 
I mean, nobody. Because really the only player they really lost, I mean, you could say Odell, but really the only player you lost was Von Miller. I would add Andrew Whitworth, uh, their star left tackle. I mean, one of the better left tackles in the league for the past 15 years. They lost him. That's a huge loss, too. Let's not discount that, guys. I mean, Whitworth was a locker room leader, but you look at, you know, they still had Stafford. They still had Cup. They still had the rest of their offensive line that I thought was pretty decent until this year. Like, and you had that defense. You had Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. You added Bobby Wagner from the Seahawks. Okay, don't disrespect Bobby Wagner. It's not good. Do you just have like this? Aura of disrespect towards anyone who leaves your team. Is that what it is? No, no, it's not it. Well, I told you, I told all of y'all Russell was going to have a rough year, right? I told all of y'all Russell was going to have a rough year. And then I also predicted Gina was going to be really good. And then I also told you, Michael, I mean, I, we have texts to prove it that, that Bobby was going to have a bad year because he's got bad legs. And he does have bad legs. He can't move like he once could. So nowadays, Bobby's not what Bobby was, but this Rams roster was built around here's a here's a matter of fact if you have Matthew Stafford if you have Cooper Cup and if you have Aaron Donald that's and Jalen Ramsey you need to win games point blank period you need to win games and they haven't been able to win games Matthew Stafford's hurt now Donald's hurt Ramsey's cooked last week by DK Metcalf this team is struggling to say it lightly Baker Mayfield may be better than Matthew Stafford at this point. Okay, that was out of pocket. Don't I, even. I mean, I mean I'm just John, John, do you feel like, especially with the addition of Bobby Wagner, I feel like I feel like they could have done something. The Rams could have. I love Bobby Wagner. That's Bobby Wagner is not on the Rams roster. That is like the corpse of Bobby Wagner. Um <laughs> I think they're like Uncle Bernie him out there on defense every game. That is they don't ask him to do anything. They just ask him to roam the middle of the field, really do nothing. They don't do anything crazy. They don't ask him to carry crossers. They don't ask him to do anything. He's just out there standing looking pretty every once in a while, comes blitz down the down the line, shoots an A gap. Like, I mean, come on now, guys. He's yeah. an okay run defender. He's an okay, but he can't do anything in pass defense. His legs are cooked. His legs are gone. Yeah, it's it's all it's all very true. Um, it's it's bad out there, and it's uh, been this way for two years. By the way, it's been this way for two years now. It's been a while. I mean, I've watched every Seahawks game for seven years now. I haven't missed a snap. This guy, his legs have been cooked for a while. This this Rams roster outside of Bobby is okay. You're missing a huge stud at left tackle. Matthew Stafford's the most turnover prone quarterback in the NFL. Jalen Ramsey is like good, but I mean, come on now. He's just Bobby Wagner's just not that guy. He's just not that guy anymore. He's a great, he's a great leader, but just not a good player anymore. And John, you always miss the vibe where I'm like, hey, nudge right there. Let's go. Um, but before we get into break, we have to mention Odell Beckham Jr., Cowboys, Giants, or Bills. He might not be the same guy. After his injury, there's some concern about his injury. Jackson, if you're one of these three teams, Cowboys, Giants, Bills, you have playoff aspirations, are you picking up Odell Beckham? I think you got to give Odell Beckham a shot. I think if you're the Bills, I think if you're you're the Cowboys, I think you got to give this guy just an opportunity. You know, his legs are – you know, he's got – a report came out today that his legs are kind of shot. They're not good. He's going to get re-injured. But at one point in time – the Rams also knew that information, and they still gave him a shot, and he was still he would he would have been the Super Bowl MVP if he hadn't gotten hurt. This guy is a stud, an absolute stud. You got to give this guy a shot. Somebody has to, and if the Cowboys don't, I expect him to find somewhere else to play. John Odell campaign for twenty twenty two. I am. Um absolutely campaigning as hard as I can for the Dallas Cowboys to pick up Odell Beckham Jr. as an Eagles fan. Um, 
As an Eagles fan? As an Eagles fan, I would love for you guys to sign in on Beckham Jr. You guys are just kind of starting to figure out this balance between uh, Zeke and Tony Pollard. CeeDee Lamb is looking like that guy. Um, Gallup is is figuring out his role. You've got Schultz going. I think adding a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. And I'm not even talking about character concerns or, or talent or anything, but that's just a guy that you're adding something to an equation that's already working. Like, like why go out there and try and mess up? That offense looks amazing right now, um, just with what they've been doing with Zeke and, and Tony Pollard, especially. But if if you've got something like that, I don't know why you would add in and try and you know put a square box in a circle peg and and try and mess up the flow that you've established over the past 13 weeks. It just, it doesn't fit. Um, now like a team like the bills um, or somebody that, you know, is like a playoff fringe, doesn't really have an offensive identity. Like that'd be awesome. You know, if, if Odell wants to go and play there, take a shot there, then yeah, go and do it. But if I, if I, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm not rooting for Odell to be wearing the star. Now I don't think we're worse with, with Odell or, even better with Odell, but if he does come in for playoff time, it does add a layer to your offense. You know, whether, you know, C.D. Lamb or Michael Gallup, heaven forbid, goes down with an injury, you have Odell right there to insert in the playoffs to where he could pick up some of the slack. And I'm not expecting Odell to be, you know, two touchdowns a game, 100 yards a game. I'm not expecting him to be that guy. But for him to make like three or four plays down the stretch when you need a playmaker takes a load off of cd lamb and michael gallup takes a load off the box like how are you going to defend all those weapons i don't know it's going to be interesting i don't know where odell signs but it's going to be it's going to be a watch for sure and we got to get into our final break when we come back we're going to preview all of the weekend's games that matter at least and why there's a few trap games here that fans have to look out for next on Our Pocket. Jackson, John, I had mentioned uh, before the break that there might be some trap games here in the NFL this weekend. Last weekend, we had all our great matchups. This weekend, I feel like there's some trap games. And there's three that come to mind. You got, I mean, yeah, you got three that come to mind. You got the Browns at the Bengals, the five and seven Browns at the eight and four Bengals. Bengals favored by five and a half points. I kind of like Cleveland taking those points. Uh, you have the nine three Chiefs at the three and nine Broncos, and we're going to come into that. I feel like that's a trap game where the Broncos could actually beat the Chiefs. And you have the ten two Vikings at the five and seven Lions, and the Lions with five games worse than the Vikings record wise are favored by two points. So at least Vegas is acknowledging that Detroit could upset Minnesota. And of those three games, Jackson, I'll pose this to you first. Who do you feel like is in most danger of losing this, these games? Well, I don't think the Broncos are going to win against the chiefs. I I mean, have we watched Russell Wilson guys? This guy sucks. Uh, That's not going to happen, fellas. That's just not, that's not going to happen. Um, can I defend I, that real quick? Is that, sorry, say that again? Can I defend that real quick? Yeah, please, because, please go ahead. Please go ahead, Michael. Yeah. So, so the Chiefs are favored by nine and a half points on oh, the road in Denver. Okay, that is a lot against a division rival. Patrick Mahomes is undefeated, 9-0 and against the Broncos. Broncos don't have anything to play for. The Mahomes-Kelsey connection kind of stunk last week with nothing to rely on. And 
It is in Denver against a very stout Denver defense. If there's anything that has been good about Denver this year, it's their defense. I, I, I feel like that's why you can't completely look at this as a wash. John, do you feel like it's kind of out of pocket to think the Broncos could actually beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I think the Chiefs, um, you know, losing last week are kind of in uh, not desperation mode, but they they want that one seed, you know, more than anybody else. They know what Arrowhead does for them. They don't want to go to Buffalo. They don't want to go to Cincinnati. They want to play in Arrowhead as long as they can. Um, so I think they're playing for that. Um, as far as the spread, nine and a half. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I trust Patrick Mahomes to give you a touchdown and a field goal more than more than Russell Wilson. I mean, that offense is atrocious, absolutely atrocious. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Low scoring. We really feel low scoring, guys. I mean, I think this team, Denver's defense is good. Denver's defense is good. I don't think there are any doubts about that. But when I think of the Broncos' offense, like this team is just not, this team isn't built to score. I mean, they're the lowest in a league, the lowest league average for a reason. They're just not a good off. A team that I think is a a trap game is the Vikings Lions game in Detroit. I think that game's a great game that we have to all watch out for. Jared Goff is kind of not playing horrible. Not horrible. He's been playing good this year. Good that is a whole offense a stretch, guys. Great. But let's be honest, not horrible. And I think that you get St. Brown going, you get a couple explosive plays here and there, and you get Kirk Cousins pressured. I think you can you can win this game, John. You got to put some respect on Detroit's offense right now. And I know Minnesota's good right now, especially offensive-wise, but Detroit's on another hemisphere with Goff playing well, St. Brown there. You have Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift now playing really well. Detroit pretty much could upset Minnesota, even though they're favored for some reason. Yeah, that's well, that was the thing is, you know, when the line was set, um, sometime last week it, it came out with uh, Lions minus one, and I think everybody kind of took a pause and said, that's a little weird. Then it moved to minus two and a half. Like, hey, that's that's weirder. Um, that being said, uh, I trust Vegas, I guess. Um, you know, they, they probably know something. Um, the Lions over the past three weeks have had the number one offense in the NFL the first like four or five weeks they had the number one scoring offense in the NFL um, they know how to put points on the board they don't know how to stop points from being put on the board um, that being said it's it's a divisional game those can always be weird who knows it could be like seven to three as the final score um, but uh, I trust the Vikings defense more than I trust the Lions so I, I would go Vikings as well especially because also the Vikings you know could see a there's a map to them getting the one seed, um, and I think that's important to them. They came to Philadelphia earlier this year. I don't think they enjoyed their stay. I don't think they enjoyed playing in Lincoln Financial. Not a lot of people do. I don't blame them, uh, but I, I think they're hungry for that one seed as well. So it'll be a good game. I'd, I'd probably take the Vikings if I if I had to pick one team. Now you may trust Minnesota to beat the Lions on the road, but do you trust your Philadelphia Eagles? to win against the division rival, the Giants, on the road. This is an important game for both teams in the NFC playoff picture in the NFC East. I feel like the division's out of the Giants' reach, but they're trying to fight for seeding and fight for a playoff spot. Do you feel like the Giants have a chance against your team, or should this be a game that the Eagles run away with? Um, it probably should be a game the Eagles run away with. Uh, again, you never know with these divisional games. It's also in New Jersey um, against the New York Giants. Uh, so you never know. Um, you know, the Giants started off great. They had some good games there in the middle. I think they've kind of regressed to where they should be um, with a 7-4-1 record. Um, that being said, you know, I, you don't want to take anything away from um, DeBall and all the stuff he's done in New York. Um, he's a great coach, but I think Saquon's a little burnt out at this point. I think we know what Daniel Jones is. Um, their defense has kind of regressed back to what it should be. 
Um, I'd expect the Eagles to go in and take care of business, win by at least seven. We'll see what happens, though. Okay, so at least seven, maybe double digits. And speaking of double digits, I feel like a team that could easily win by double digits is, I'm probably saying this for the first time this year, is probably Seattle. Because guess who they get to host this weekend? Jackson's favorite team. Seattle hosts the Panthers. Seattle's only favored by three and a half, which kind of shocked me that Panthers really have nothing going for them. And it's at the 12th man in Seattle. We talked about this a little last week on the show. It does benefit the Panthers that they are coming off a bye week. But Jackson, do you think that bye week is going to be enough for the Panthers? Three and a half, Michael? You get three for just being at home. That is a, an absurd line. I'd say six and a half. I think this team, the Seattle team, struggles against the run. I don't think the, the, the Panthers have a great run game. I think what needs to happen is Seattle just needs to figure out the run game, and that's it. The defense of the being able to stop the run, Seattle could be potential Super Bowl contenders. The problem is, is that, well, you don't have the guys in, in in the front seven to do that. So looking forward, I think, do the Panthers have a shot in this game? Absolutely not. Who's starting at quarterback? Is it Sam Darnold? Is it P.J. Walker? Who it's knows? Sam Who cares? Doesn't matter. This team is not good, guys. So if you're a Panthers fan, I'm sorry if I offend you, but if I'm being honest with you, the Panthers are not good, and they won't be good for years to come. So let's just stop pretending like they're going to win these games and and horrible like the one of the most hectic places on the planet on Sunday. Okay, let's stop pretending like they're going to win that game, and let's just relax a little bit on the three and a half favorite. That's a six and a half game at the very least. And wink and wink. Oh, John, I just want to say the Panthers won't be good for a couple of years. I think that's a little, kind of a silly take. Um, it's not like they're in, you know, locked up in cap anywhere. It's not like they don't own all their draft picks. Um, the roster doesn't have a bunch of glaring holes. It has a bunch of really good pieces on it, actually. Um, I think the hardest part is just getting a, a good coach in the building. Um, I, I just is Steve Wilkes that guy. Listen, uh, obviously the the quarterback is a problem, but you go out and you you draft Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud this draft and you see what happens do you, do you think steve wilkes is that guy though uh, um i don't know i would i would definitely explore my options um especially with you don't know what that team is going to look like next season um because it is like a little malleable you know they could draft they could i hope they draft i hope they look they've learned their lesson about bringing in guys for quarterback i hope they draft a guy um but um yeah, I mean there are there are good pieces on that defense and on that offense that I think you can build around. It's not impossible to say that they'd be a playoff team next year. Next year, well, I think they've got they've got to pay these guys too. These guys are running out of contracts, right? Derek Brown, DJ Moore, his DJ Moore was extended. Brian Burns needs to be does he not need to be extended? I mean, these guys, these solid players need to be extended with their contracts. They need to resign. Now, you're still have an awfully glaring hole at the most important position in the game. And that's your quarterback. You may have the second most important position left tackle locked down, but you still have to get a quarterback and you have one true wide receiver, one true wide receiver on this team. You don't have a tight end defensively. You have a nose tackle and you have an edge and maybe JC Horn as a corner. And that's about as best as you've got. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. And a safety. That's it. So you're still looking at a couple of pieces to at least get to a seven and ten team. Then you have then you have a rookie quarterback. Your rookie quarterback's not going to get you to to nine and eight or winning the division. So I, I find this to be a hard a hard rebuild for this team. They're in, they were in a middle spot for a couple of years there, no doubt. But that didn't lead them to anything, and now they're stuck back on rock bottom with no quarterback, no coach, glaring holes. And quarterbacks going to be where Carolina, you know, that that's that's what you need in this league. And talking about playoffs next year, they could technically be in the playoffs this year. I kind of hope, and I kind of hope it starts with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They'll be in San Francisco this week playing the 49ers and Brock Purdy. 
who I believe is the number one team in the NFL, but there's a team I want to avoid in the playoffs. It's the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. It would be the Cowboys-Buccaneers matchup based on seeding, and Cowboys have never lost – or Cowboys have never won against Tom Brady. And I, I kind of want to pose this to you, John. Brady or Purdy? Or, 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 are you – okay. <laughs> I mean, if, if you think about it – Brady um, I would probably go, uh, the guy who had a winning drive last week, uh, and has also like seven Super Bowls. Um, I would probably go Tom Brady. Uh, that being said, Brock Brady, uh, didn't look horrible actually, um, in the clips that I saw. Um, he was standing in, taking hits in the pocket, delivering the ball. Um, you've got Christian McCaffrey, you've got Debo Samuel, uh, you've got George Kittle. Um, I think the 49ers obviously win this game. Um, I don't know if it's close. We'll see if Purdy regresses to Mr. Irrelevant. Um, but, you know, Tampa Bay has just looked miserable um, all season long, um, unless they're they're playing the Seahawks in Germany, I guess. But um, other than that, uh, the Bucks have not looked great. Um, so I, I don't expect them to beat a, a red-hot team like the 49ers right now. Now, when I did say Tom Brady or Brock Purdy, it does sound silly, and it should sound silly. But when you take Brady versus the 49ers defense right now, it's it's not out of the question that the 49ers could beat the Buccaneers and help a team like the Saints, Falcons, or Panthers into the playoffs. Jackson, who you got in that big game, the Buccaneers or the 49ers? I'm taking Tampa Tom. Tampa Tom's going to get it done. They're starting to roll a little bit here. They're going to win the division. They're going to figure it out in the wild card. They may even figure it out in the divisional round. I'm taking Tampa Tom. I'm taking this guy who is, if I'm not mistaken, three and one since his divorce, two game-winning drives. I'm taking Tom Brady all the way to the bank, fellas. Brock Purdy, don't know who you are. I'm taking Tampa. I'm taking Tampa Brady. Tampa Brady. Well, we'll see because we have a big weekend ahead of us in the NFL. We'll see how a lot of these storylines play out. Hopefully my Cowboys can beat the Houston Texans. If not, we have issues, but I don't think we I don't think we should have a problem. But you know, knock on any wood that's around me, whatever. Get some sound effects of me hitting some wood. But we are out of the show. We has been out of pocket with Michael Davis, Tobacco Road Sports Radio, Tobacco Road Sports Radio.com, WWBG1470 AM, and catch us on the YouTube's Tobacco Road Sports Radio channel. Jackson, John, thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you again next week on Friday.